Welcome to the High Prices Church Podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. Now, here's lead pastor, Chris Sestar. Daniel chapter 10. I'm going to cover really 1 through 14, but we'll not read all that. We'll just highlight and then I'll preach it. How about that? Let's read verses 2 and 3, and then we'll go to verses 10 through 14. And today I want to teach you. I'm a preacher, and some preaching will probably come out. But I want to talk to you today and teach you and hopefully disciple you. And I want you to leave here today better equipped and moved to make some changes in your life as far as seeking the face of God in prayer. So Daniel chapter 10, verses 2 and 3. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. You get the picture of what he's been doing. Move to verse 10. The the three weeks finish, and something happens to Daniel. Suddenly, a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. A divine angel, angelic angel rather, a divine messenger, I should say, an angelic being came to Daniel. And he said to me, verse 11, O Daniel, man greatly beloved. That makes me jealous. That, that verse bothers me. It does. O man greatly beloved. How come he gets it? And I almost slid by that with some jealousy till the Lord had to remind me, I love you too. Greater love has no man than this, and a man will lay down his life for his friend. And for God so loved the world, for God so loved Chris the star, put your name, insert your name, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish. You and I are greatly beloved too. Oh, Daniel, man, greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Look at this. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God, from the first day, Daniel, you started fasting and praying. You're seeing that, right? That's what he's saying to him. Your words were heard on the very first day. And I have come because of your prayers, your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. There was a spiritual war going on in the heavenlies between two angels. There's a word from God, but the angel can't come because he gets into a fight with this demonic prince of Persia. How many of y'all know there's warfare going on in the heavenlies in the spirit realm? We don't see it. Now, if this is new information to you, today will be educational. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes 
came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. And now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people, that's the Jews, in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. You can be seated. I've entitled this message, Hold On a Little Longer. Hold on a little longer. A lot of people don't know. Can I just take my time today and work through this? You get tired, just wave at me and I'll, I'll let you go. I'd just love to see who's going to raise their hand. I'm going to get Elizabeth, the photographer, to take pictures of you so we can have evidence. I'm just kidding. If A lot of people may know this, may not know this. When you read the book of Daniel, you're introduced to Daniel as a very, very young man, a teenage boy. And that's what you see, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're, they're teenage boys taken into captivity into Babylon out of Israel. But if you read through and you know the history of the world, because this correlates with the history of the world, so the Persians and the, and, and the Babylonians and that transfer when the the Medes and the Persians took over the Babylonians. So we know the dates when all that took place, and, and those dates correlate with the prophecy of Daniel. You realize that th this book spans the life of Daniel. For example, when Daniel was thrown in the lion's den, he was in his 80s. In his 80s. My studies, and I might be wrong, but my studies show me that when we get to Daniel chapter 10, he is an old man somewhere between 95 and 100 years old. He's an old dude. And we find him in Daniel 10 fasting and praying. Fasting and praying. And what we know as we go back to the beginning of Daniel when he was a teenager is that from his youth, Daniel maintained a consistent prayer life. I'm going to say something. I'm just going to say things. He prayed three times a day. Most of us are good to get one. Am I right? Most of us are good to get one in. This cat prayed three times a day, would open his window towards the direction of Jerusalem, and would pray in, towards the temple. I think we can be inspired by Daniel in this spiritual discipline of prayer because Talking to God is critical if you're going to have a relationship with Jesus. You get saved, you're born again, you want to talk to the person who did that to you. You want to commune with him. He didn't just save you to deliver you from hell and take you to heaven. He saved you to have relationship with him. And I've said this for years. If you talk to the Lord only on Sunday or randomly, try doing that with your spouse and tell me how your marriage works. You talk to your spouse daily, consistently. You share with them. That's the way we're supposed to be with God. In 1 Thessalonians 5.17, Paul directs us to pray without ceasing. That doesn't mean you walk around every day, seven days a week, muttering prayers to yourself. Until you go to sleep at night, then when you wake up in the morning, you're just constantly muttering prayers. Do not misinterpret that scripture. It means what you probably think it means. It means don't stop praying. 
have a consistent prayer time and a consistent prayer life. Some way, somehow, make it happen. And if, and if you don't have one, I encourage you to start one now. That's a great thing about prayer is you can start. So I'm not, I haven't been a very good prayer. I don't pray at all. Well, you know what? You can start today. Today is the beginning, and then you pray tomorrow, and then the next day, and you've you got a starting point. What if, I, what if I stop, Pastor, and I, I miss a week? You start again. Start again. God would rather you start than stop and not start again. So if you don't have a consistent prayer life, start one today. And then, this is very practical preaching today, set a time and set a place where you can get along with God. I'm frustrated right now personally because I've hurt my knee. And I'm off crutches and I'm, I'm getting around okay and it's trying to heal up, but, but I'm not what I was. And this getting up every morning, rain or shine, freezing weather and walking my neighborhood has not happened now for some time, weeks, because I can't do that. It's thrown my prayer time. How about this? A transparent pastor who isn't making some image that he's got it all together. I don't have it all together right now. It's messed up my spiritual discipline. I'm just being honest. Is this okay? You're just going to have to let me. This is cathartic for me. You can hold me accountable. I'm struggling because I am, I, I'm not ADD, but I think i got a touch of it. I do have a lot of energy. And I do better. You know how people kneel and pray? This is not going to work for me. I pace like a lion. I have to walk. I have to move. Okay? I'm like Enoch. He walked with God. See, there's a, there's a, there's a scriptural basis for walking and praying. See, he walked with God. Notice how I twisted that scripture real good? So my, my prayer life is thrown right now. I'm trying to find a way to make it happen for me. You need to find a way to make it happen for you. That's the introduction. Daniel was fasting and praying. The Bible says specifically that he was mourning. Scholars think that he was doing this probably because Ezra had taken a group of the Jews back to Jerusalem. They had been permitted to come out of the Babylonian captivity. And Ezra was building the temple. If you ever read Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, okay, Ezra is about rebuilding the temple. Nehemiah is about rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. And so he's probably getting reports back because people were traveling constantly about the temple. And if you read the book of Ezra, Ezra faced opposition. And so Daniel is hearing that the temple, which was destroyed by the Babylonians, is now being rebuilt, but there are forces that are coming against the house of God and the building of the house of God. So Daniel gets on his knees for 21 days and gives up food and cries out to God and says, remove that opposition and bring victory. 
I've learned that there's, there, there's power in fasting and prayer. I've learned that fasting and prayer will release God's power into your circumstance. If you have ever fasted, you should know this. If you've never fasted before, you need to learn this. I have said for years, with all of my experience, I don't understand fasting and how it works. I don't understand it. All I know is it moves the heart of God. All I know is things happened. Happen. You can do everything else. You can pray to your blue in your face in the face, but you stop eating meals and get down to business and say, God, you've got to do something. I'm mourning. I'm upset by this. I don't know what else to do. I'm giving up food. I don't want to eat. I just want you to move. And God responds to that. Sometimes praying is inadequate for the moment. Fasting has to be incorporated into your prayer life. And again, the reason could be the same reason for Daniel. It could be opposition. Could be spiritual opposition. We wrestle not against flesh and blood anyway. A lot of times, people who people who oppose you are puppets of the devil, and they don't even know it. He's just playing them. And if they keep opposing you and make life miserable for you, sometimes the best thing you can do is start fasting and praying, and God will bring the victory. He'll move them on. He'll move them out. He might take them out. We don't want that, but He's God. He can do whatever He wants to do. There is a story of a demon-possessed child, and I only touch on this briefly. I have a lot of ground to cover. That's why I said, can I just take my time today? Nobody said yes. Um, that, thank you, one person, I received that. That there was a child that was demon-possessed. The demon would throw the child into the fire. Jesus was up on the Mount of Transfiguration with Peter, James, and John. The other nine apostles tried to cast the demon out. They couldn't do it. They've done it. They've done it other times. But for this reason, for some reason, this they can't. Jesus comes down the mountain. The man comes to Jesus, says, your disciples couldn't cast him out. Jesus cast the demon out. And then the disciple says, why couldn't we do this? And he said, this kind cannot come out except by prayer and fasting. There are demonic forces that you can ask God to move against that he will take them out. But there are times that the level of opposition is so great that you have to fast and you have to say, God, I need your power to step into this situation. Daniel fasted and prayed for three weeks, 21 days. He said, I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth. I wanted you to see something. For 21 days, this man of God who had dreams and visions and could interpret dreams, if anybody was spiritual and connected with God, Daniel was. For 21 days, he's fasting and praying, and nothing happens. Don't you think this perplexed Daniel? Frustrated him? No revelation, no vision, no voice from God, no dream, no interpretation of dream, nothing. I read this, and I identify with that, because have, I'll ask you, have you ever prayed and maybe even prayed and fasted, and nothing happened? Yes, I have. Nothing happened. Matter of fact, you can fast and pray, and things will get worse. I'm teaching you today. You need this. It will get worse before it gets better. 
And I had to learn that the breakthrough, the answer, the solution, the victory, often does not come until you're finished fasting and praying. I don't know why, but when you're finished and you break the fast, that's when things start to happen. Well, maybe I do know why. I'll get to it in a minute. What I do love about this story is 21 days of fasting and prayer. By the way, Daniel didn't say, oh, I just got an email from my pastor and we're going to do a 21-day fast. Right, you know that, right? He, he fasted one day and then he fasted another day and then he fasted another day and then a report came a messenger from Jerusalem, and he got him, and he said, what's happening? Oh, they're facing some terrible struggles there. So I better keep on. He fasted another day. and another, He just kept fasting, and another week later, another messenger came, and he said, please tell me that the construction's going on. No, they've stopped everything because they're, read the book of Ezra. Oh, no, Daniel said, I can't stop. He just kept fasting and praying. He didn't quit. And I think there is a lesson there for us as children of God. He carried on with his daily petition to God. And the reason I say there's a lesson is because the Bible has a lot to say about persisting in prayer. I love the stories of the Bible. I love the story of the man who comes to his friend at midnight and is banging on the door. And the man's already in bed with his family. And he goes to the door and he says, who is that? It's, it's, it's Bubba. Bubba, yeah, your next door neighbor, Bubba. This is a southern message. Bubba, what do you want? I just had a guy drive in all the way from Charleston. And he got here late and he hasn't anything to eat. And I didn't get to Ingalls. And everything's closed. Can I borrow some bread? I've got some lunch meat. I want to make the dude a sandwich. Bubba, go away. That's what you woke me for? Give him some cereal or something. I'm in bed. Bam, 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 bam. Please let me just, just give me a loaf of bread. Please. Bam, 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 bam. And the Bible says the man opened the door and gave him the loaf of bread just so he'd shut up and go away. He'd go back to bed. I love the stories that Jesus tells. He tells the story of this little widow. I don't know why we think widows are little old bent over widows. She might have been one of those cool widows. Either way, she's a widow. She doesn't have anybody to help her. Her husband has died. Maybe the family's gone, moved off. I don't know. But she's got an adversary. Somebody's trying to take advantage of the widow. How many knows that's what a lot of people do? By the way, to all the senior adults, if you get a text that says that your Amazon account is about to be this or your something account... It's a scam. Don't answer it. Delete it. Okay? If you ever get anything from the IRS, they will not send you anything electronically. You will get a letter in the mail. You just thought it helped help all the senior adults. And this guy is trying to, maybe he's trying to take advantage of her in something. He said he'd pay her so much, she sold him a piece of property, and then he's not paying what he's supposed to. So she goes to a judge. She said, judge, I need you to 
I need you to take care of this guy. That's how they did it back then. See, you didn't get an attorney. She just went straight to the judge. The judge said, leave me alone. She wouldn't leave him alone. She pestered that judge. He'd get up in the morning and walk out to go to work. She'd be standing there walking along with him. When are you going to do something? For me? When are you going to help me out? Would you leave me alone? No, I'm not going to leave you alone. I need you to do something. This guy's giving me trouble. He'd get off of work. He'd walk outside the building. There she was walking with him. When are you going to help me out? She just pestered that poor man. Finally, he said, I'm going to do something for you, not because that I care about you, because you're getting on my nerves. I love the stories of the Bible. Jesus told both of those stories with one goal. Stay after God in prayer and don't give up till you get your answer. In Luke 11, 9 through 13, Jesus commands us to ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. For whoever asks shall receive, and he who seeks shall find, and whoever knocks the door shall be opened unto him. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give good things? And one chapter, uh, Luke says, give the Holy Ghost to those who ask him. And in the Greek, it literally says, ask and keep on asking. Knock. In other words, don't give up. You know, we give up too easy. We ask one time, if it doesn't get fixed, doesn't, God doesn't come through, we just quit. And the devil's over in a corner laughing his head off, saying, you have no idea what you have access to, and because you're impatient and because you don't have persistent faith, you just gave up. I win, you lose, because I know what you could have right now, but you won't keep praying and asking God. When God delays responding to your prayer, you will be tempted to quit. You, you are weary. You lose hope. You get discouraged. You get impatient. This is not from God. It's your flesh. You have to discipline your flesh and put it in its place. And that's hard for us to do. Mark 14, 38, Jesus told the disciples when he was in the garden of Gethsemane, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but your flesh is weak. The cards are already stacked against, the deck is already stacked against you because your flesh is not spiritual. Galatians 5, 16, 17, Paul said, I say then, walk in the spirit. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh, for the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another. Watch this, so that you do not do the things that you wish. I really want to be someone who prays daily, Pastor. Yeah, but my flesh gets in the way. I get tired. I'm impatient. I've got a lot to do. When I get home, I just want to sit down. I want to watch TV. I get on Facebook for three hours, but I can't pray for 15 minutes. I'm talking to all of us. God honors persistent prayer. God honors spiritual determination. And when there's a delay and you're praying that persistent prayer and you're even fasting and you're crying out to God and nothing is happening, listen to me. He's not ignoring you. You know, the Bible says he knows what you have need of before you ask him. So that's not the issue. What is the issue? 
God has a plan. God has a timing. Do y'all, does anybody in this house live by their calendar on their phone? How many of you live with your, by your calendar? Let me see your hand. You're with me. I live by my calendar. Some of you, I have a calendar on my phone? Yeah. Really help you to, you know, there's no such thing as time management, right? You get the same 24 hours a day every day. They're self-management. There's a little leadership teaching right there. No such thing as time management. There's self-management. I just can't find time to pray. Get up an hour earlier. I'm too tired in the morning. Go to bed an hour earlier. All you watching online, nobody is amening me right now. It is quiet as a church. Well, not a Pentecostal church. Your job is to wait on his plan, his timing, and just keep on keeping on. Keep praying. Keep crying out to God. Pastor, I've prayed for this for three weeks. Pray another week. Pastor, I've prayed for this for three years. Pray another year. Pastor, I've been praying for God to save my boy for 25 years. Well, keep on praying 25 years in one day because what if that next day is the day he comes back to Jesus? you got to stand in the gap between him and hell and say, you're going to have to go through me and God if you're going to go to hell. See? Persisting. You just keep trusting and expecting him for, to come through. You just you keep expecting. Hebrews 11.6, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he or she who comes to God must believe that he is. We believe that. But the next part is critical, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently, diligently, not just a rewarder of those who seek him. I prayed one time, nothing happened. Well, pray again. That's what I came here today to preach. Pray again, and again, and again. What is it? How does it hurt you? It doesn't hurt you. Pray again. I have to nag God? No. I think God's watching your faith. God's wanting to see how important this is to you. Because when we quit, we say, well, it wasn't that important anyway. But when we don't let up like that widow and Bubba, then it lets God know this is serious. I'm not going to let up until you bless me. This is a great part of the story. After three weeks of fasting and prayer, God responded to Daniel by sending an angel to him. And I, I stressed it when I read it, but let me just say it again. From the this is what he basically said. From the first day you started fasting and praying, Daniel, God heard your prayer. I remember when uh, Keith Hare's dad was alive and was here, uh, he, he made a statement one time. It's not original with him, but he got up and just under the, under the power of the Spirit spoke one day, it was prophetic, and what he said was not original with him, but it is, it is just one of those things you need to add to your repertoire. Delay is not denial. Add that to your repertoire. Put that in your brain. Delay, everybody say it. Delay is not, just because he's not working with your timing doesn't mean that he said no. So you just got to wait on God. Psalm 34, 15 assures us the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. I love this verse. One of my favorite verses in the Bible. And his ears are open to their cry. God hears you. 
God sees you. He's working. You just got to be patient. Don't we want God to part the waters right now? Boom! Shoot. God doesn't always part the waters right there. Shoot. It took days for God to flood the earth, and it took days, weeks, months, really a year, for the waters to recede. Poor Noah, stuck in a boat with all those animals. You can imagine what that was like. A floating zoo. God could have just said, boom, boom. All the water was dried up. Boom, he could come out. I don't understand why God does what he does, and neither do you, and that's not our job. Our job is just to trust him. He'll hear you. He hears you. You just got to keep praying. When God's good and ready, he'll do it. So why the delay? Why the delay? In this case, it was spiritual warfare. Daniel would have never known this unless the angel would have come and told him. He just thought, he might have had some thoughts. Well, maybe God's not hearing me, or maybe I've done something wrong, or maybe I'm not spiritual enough. Isn't it amazing all the things we come up with? Maybe I'm not saved. Maybe God has favorites. Maybe I've lost favor with God. Is any? Don't raise your hand, but have any of you ever done that? You do that, don't you? You start saying, well, I don't know why. You start, you're trying to find excuses. None of that's true. You're still saved. You're still righteous. You're still a child of God. You're still going to heaven. You aren't out of favor. It's just God has a timing. Now, if God says no, you'll know it. But when he doesn't say no and nothing's happening, then you just got to wait. Why? Because there are things happening that you don't know about. In this case, it was spiritual warfare. God dispatches an angelic being to Daniel to give him a response to talk about the future of Israel. But as he heads in that direction, and he's coming over the region of Persia, which is modern-day Iran, there is a demonic, angelic, fallen angel that jumps in front of him and says, I know what you're trying to do. You're going to Daniel to give, tell him some things. I don't want Daniel to know. I don't want anybody to know. We don't want anybody to know what we're up to. You have to go through me. And they start fighting each other. Would that not be, I'd pay good money to go watch two angels fight each other. That put that put the whole kickboxing stuff. I mean, it wouldn't. That just looked tame compared to two angels warred against each other. He's got the answer. Got the answer, Daniel. But I can't get through this for twenty-one days. He's fighting this angel. The Bible says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. I've never got this verse totally memorized, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in the high places. That one verse in Ephesians insinuates that there is a hierarchy. You got little unclean demons running around down here, but then you got principalities and powers that are over region. This verse makes you say they're over entire countries. There, there's probably a demonic angel fallen angel that's over the United States of America. There are probably quite a few of them. And I don't want to get out in left field because last week I 
kind of talking about how people get on stuck on spiritual warfare and all they do is fight all the time. Then I come back this Sunday and I want to talk about spiritual warfare. Not everything is spiritual warfare. But it might be that because you're praying and fasting, so this is balance, see? Bring you the other side today. Flip that coin this Sunday. There might be that you are praying about something. You know, somebody, if you're lost, if your kid's lost, your child's lost. I'm talking about your son or daughter. They're in sin. They're grown. They're in sin. You've, you've witnessed to them. You've talked to them. They won't go to church. They cuss like a sailor. They don't live right. It's breaking your heart. You just keep praying. And now you're fasting and you're crying out to God. And it seems like they're getting worse, meaner, rather than anything good happening. What you don't know is that there may be an angelic force, a demonic spirit that is fighting for your son's or daughter's soul. And in the spiritual realm, you can't see, but there's a fight going on. We just don't see it. We don't know because we live in this physical, temporal world. We walk by faith, not by sight. But God is a spirit, and he operates in the spirit realm. Angels and demons are spirits. They operate in that spirit realm. I guess one of these days when we get glorified bodies, we'll operate in that spiritual realm. I'm assuming my father right now who is in heaven is experiencing the spiritual realm. And yet there is a physical aspect to it too. It converges in heaven. Just like in the incarnation, God came with flesh. Don't understand it all. This sure going to be cool when we get there. See, I can't see what's going on in the spiritual realm. But God and the devil can see it because they're spiritual beings. And so if, if you have an enemy and you're praying about something that's going to affect him and he doesn't like it, he's going to fight you, he's going to try to distract you, he's going to try to discourage you because things are happening in the spirit world that have a direct a bearing on our physical world and it's possible that the devil can see what God's up to and what God wants to do, and he's trying to resist it. Because a positive answer to your prayer and fasting will mean defeat and loss for him and his kingdom. Here's the assurance. When the devil resists you, God will send reinforcement. And the cool part of this story is that Michael, who he called him a chief prince, is often referred to as an archangel. There is a hierarchy of angels. By the way, you know how Satan, Lucifer, is a fallen angel? And we're like, ooh, we're so scared of the devil. Ooh, Lucifer, ooh. Do you know the book of Revelation? An ordinary angel. Not even an archangel. An ordinary angel. When it comes time to bind him up, grabs that joker and puts him in chains, and he's not strong enough to resist that one angel, and he throws him in that pit for a 1,000 years. One angel. One angel. God didn't do it himself. He didn't send a legion. It didn't take 20 strong archangels to take down the devil. Just one. Don't you worry about whatever it is you face and you fight. And if the devil comes against you, don't you worry about it. Because truly, greater is he that is in you and for you 
then everybody that's on his side, greater is he and them than he that is in this world. God sent Michael, and they whooped, can I preach Southern? They whooped up on that prince of Persia. Whooped him, whooped him. I don't think spirit beings can get black and blue, but if he could, he'd have been black and blue. And when they defeated him, that angel was free to come to Daniel and give him the answer to his prayer. Stand with me. You know what this story tells you and tells me? When you're fasting and you're praying and you're crying out to God and the answer is delayed, hold on. Everybody say, hold on. Hold on a little bit longer. Just hold on a little bit longer. I know you're tired, but hold on a little bit longer. I know you're frustrated, but just keep praying. I know you, you, have, you, you, you don't understand. You're perplexed. You're confused. I don't, why isn't God doing something? Hold on. Why are things, things should be getting better, but things are getting worse. I'm, 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 I'm. I'm, I'm just, I don't, I can't comprehend this. I can't get my hands around. This is a, a greased pig. I, I just can't, I can't catch it. I can't figure it out. You don't have to figure it out. Just hold on. Keep praying. Keep fasting. Keep trusting God. And in God's timing, when the timing is right, how many of you know God has perfect timing? We used to sing umpteen million years ago, he may not come when you want him, but he'll be there right on time. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Woo! Well, he's an on-time God. Yes, he is. I better start that. What's the name of that woman who sang that song? Huh? Dottie Peoples. Dottie Peoples sang that. Thank you, Deidre. I remember when that came on, I heard that the first time. I said, ooh, I like that song. That's my kind of singing. He may not come when you want him, but he's coming. He may not work the way you think he's going to work. My God, I'm preaching now. But he's working. Woo! Come on, somebody. It may not be happening the way you thought it was going to happen, but it doesn't matter. God is orchestrating the situation he's moving people into place he's moving people out of place he's getting things set up so that at the right time your answer will come and you'll come to church and shout and give God praise and glory and victory because he came through for you one more time come on somebody give him praise in this house give him praise in this house give God praise Hold on. Turn to two or three people, shake their hand and say, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Turn to three more people and say, hold on just a little bit longer. Hold on just a little bit longer. Don't let go. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Turn to three more people and say, your answer's coming. Come on, you're going to help me preach. Your answer's coming. Your miracle's coming. Tell them, your miracle's coming. Your solution's coming. The victory's coming. 
Come on, deliverance is coming. Tell somebody, tell three more people, your healing is coming. Your boy's gonna get saved. Your girl's coming home. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. We need to walk in faith and power and expectancy and not give up. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us Sunday mornings in person or online at 10 a.m. For more information or to watch our services online, please visit us at www.highpraises.org or check us out on social media.